It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. We're here. We are here. It is a... uh, not sunny day. Yeah. But it's that's what it's supposed to be in the northwest in the winter time. Yeah. Technically still winter. Technically for a couple more weeks. Right. So yeah. uh next Sunday though, daylight savings, so don't forget to spring forward. Spring forward. Although, by the way, I, I suppose by the time this airs it, it it won't be It will have already sprung. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, Wait, I never set my clock for three weeks ago or whatever, you know? Spring, talking about spring, man, I am I, I love winter, yeah. but there's one reason I'm specifically looking forward to spring. This may gross some of our listeners out. Oh no. But I we we have a ton of mice that get into our house in the wintertime. <laughs> gross. I have been catching mice. Like you said out of traps and stuff? Yeah. Seventeen mice in no. the last fifteen days. No. Yes. Not in that house, but in the attic and in the basement. It's it's awful. We wow. live in an old farmhouse, hundred year old house. So you know, there's just places where the mice get in. They, but, they, yeah, they they have access points everywhere, don't they? But what put me over the edge was this morning. Oh no! I turn on the defroster in my car, and all of this stuff, like just little chunks of styrofoam and random things, start blowing out. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And then I start looking around the car. And and I'm seeing evidence of a mouse in my car. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no how, way. How do they get in the car? How does a mouse get in your car? I mean, so I, l- literally, I got to church and I got a mouse trap and I set a mouse trap in my car. <laughs> like it's in your car right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, it's in my car right now. <laughs> come on, man! Come on! Wow, that um, we we've only had a mouse one time. Uh, and you know, we'd start kind of seeing evidence, um, like little, like droppings, you right, know, that, yeah. that's usually the, um, and, and this is back in our old house, but yeah, we realized that, uh, they had, um, they were, they were in the crawl space area and they had chewed through, um, uh, like, like underneath the sink there, there was like just a little kind of, you know, access and they kind of chewed through. And so then they were coming through the sink. Uh, right behind the mm-hmm. dishwasher, yeah. and so there was like just like a little gap that they could kind of squeeze through. So yeah, started setting traps, you know, basically in that little gap. Right. You know, caught a couple of them. Um, but uh, the the worst was one time when we saw the mouse scurry through, and this is when Callie was still a baby. This is in our our old house, and and we're like, don't you know, don't let it go into the you know into Callie's room. Don't mm-hmm. let it go in the baby room. I don't you know. So we were able to kind of basically, as a screwing off, you know, we we cut it off. It went into um, kind of our our computer, you know, study whatever room. And I'm like, okay, I know it's in here and it's trapped. And so 
so then we went through the process of literally meticulously, you know, uh, moving each item, you know, because we're like, it's got to be somewhere here. Mm-hmm. And so we finally moved the very last thing and don't find it. And I'm like, oh no, where is it? <laughs> anyway, it had doubled back and it scurried past us, even though we had like blocked off, you know, we put like some blankets underneath mm-hmm. the door. Somehow it got through. Uh, Melanie happened to see it, so I just grabbed a. Uh, I had a pencil cup, and I just grabbed a pencil cup, and I just, I just slammed it down, and I trapped the thing, so a little piece of cardboard underneath, done deal. Yeah, but good that, job. It took like two hours to get to yeah. that point, though, you know. Yeah, that reminds me of the time I went out to our, our garage in our old house, and uh, we had our dog food in this big trash can, oh. and I opened up the lid, and somehow a mouse had gotten inside there oh. and couldn't get out. Oh. It's like jumping, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get out, but it can't jump high enough to get out of the trash can. I'm like, oh, this is kind of awesome. Oh, <laughs> man. You ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah. Two mice fall into uh, a bucket of cream. Right. You know, one mice gives up and drowns. Mm-hmm. The other uh, tried so hard to get out, eventually churned that cream into butter yep. and crawled his yeah. way out, you know? <laughs> so your your mouse and the dog thing just needed, yeah. uh, you know, to keep churning and... Yep. I don't know. The dog, the dog, the dog food, food would have, yeah. At least he could have eaten the dog food. Could have eaten the dog years food. and years. Probably, well, but. yeah, and that's probably what got him in trouble in the right. first place. Yeah, reminds me. You know, we uh, we have lots of yellow jackets. You know, um, around spring and summer, so we have these like little yellow jacket traps, right? And I mean, it's brilliant the way it works. You you put like a little thing of meat in it and they crawl up through the hole to get the meat and they're mm-hmm. all excited but for whatever reason yellow jacks can crawl up a hole but they can't crawl right. out of a hole right. and so then they're stuck in there mm-hmm. and they get mad I oh, mean they yeah. get mad mm-hmm. like you see them swarming around they're all big yeah. like like because like when they get mad they get bigger right and, and they're the, pounding into the side oh of the yeah thing, and, and the out. best is when like you catch like three or four at a mm-hmm. time and and then they start like getting mad at each other and they're like kind of fighting and attacking right. each other yeah. it's great yeah it is great we do the same thing I love watching yellow jackets oh, once they get trapped. hilarious yeah. yeah we'll just put a little bit of meat in there and they just I mean they just start kind of flying in and there was one time like we had like seriously like seven at one time and um and you know after a few days they kind of died but our girls thought it was like the the coolest thing seeing all these yellow jackets and they're like they won't get out i'm like it's safe it's good and they're just sitting there watching them yeah anyway but we just uh yesterday well monday night i was driving home in the dark and i see this thing run out in front of me on the road and i'm oh, like no. what in the world is that it, it what is raccoon it was too small to be a raccoon okay. but it looked like a cat but it was out in the middle of the forest right like why would there be a cat out here right and then the next day yesterday um, Becky's driving home with the kids and they see a kitten on the side of the road. Same oh, spot. Like, like it had been run over, like dead? No, it wasn't dead. Oh, it was good. just, it was just a runaway. Someone to drop, oh. I guess people drop pets off. They don't want, they'll just take them out and drop them off to feed the coyotes, Sad. I guess. But so they picked it up and brought it home. So now we have a new kitten. <laughs> no way. So you actually, <laughs> you kept the kitten. And, and if, if you lost a kitten, please call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but maybe, maybe just maybe. God sent us this kitten to become another, because we have one mice. cat, but maybe we need two cats to For keep the, the mouse under control. Love so, it. Anyway, so yeah. enough about cats and yeah. mice and bees. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, we, yeah. Today. We do have a good interview for you coming up today, yeah. um, and that is Emily Moore of the Salter Project, and yeah. uh, we're going to just jump right into that interview and let the interview fe- uh, speak for itself. Yeah, How about that? It. Well... 
Hello, welcome to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. But that threw me off. I don't know if I've ever actually done the intro before. Well, it's not the intro to the podcast, just uh, setting up the interview. I know. I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah, that's first time. I, first, first time for everything, right? Yeah, so David usually always uh, sets it up, and here D- David points at I me. I just pointed you. Just do it, <laughs> man. Like, just come on. I, I almost said good morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, a lot of people probably listen in the morning. This so. might be the morning for yeah. some people. I'm used to on Sunday on Sunday mornings when I'm leading worship. That's what I always say. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Laurelwood. Do you always say the exact same thing? Like I I, mean, I would usually say yeah. like I, the exact same words. It, you know, <laughs> I try to mix it up, but it's usually almost always good morning. Welcome to Laurelwood. We're glad you're here. We're here to worship the Lord is something along those lines almost every single Sunday. See now, now you're like making me feel awkward and uncomfortable. Like maybe I need to actually switch up what I say this Sunday. I'll say something totally different. I'll be I'll like, catch everyone off guard too. Yeah, like I'll just say, um, "Hey, you're here. I'm here. Let's worship." Right. <laughs> well, hey, we're yeah. here. <laughs> we're here today with Emily Moore of the Salter Project. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, sorry, sorry, you had to endure our uh, ridiculous banter. But that's at- just kind of who we are. You know, <laughs> just, that's what we do. <laughs> anyway, we're so glad to have you on the show, Emily. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Well, real quick, right off the bat, would you uh, would you introduce yourself to us and to our audience? Tell us a little bit of your history, and then just kind of bridge the gap into the Salter Project, and give us a little bit of history on that as well. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Emily Moore, and you already mentioned the Salter Project is kind of what I do. Started about two years ago uh, after I graduated from college. I went to the University of Oklahoma, got a degree in music. Go um, Sooners, right? Isn't that Sooners? (laughs) Yeah. Boomer Sooner. There you go. There you go. Right. But uh, so I I moved back home because of some chronic illness. And from there, I was a little bit kind of like, okay, what, you know, what next? Um, Spent some time, you know, volunteering at the library, walking the dogs. And uh, then my brother, Derek, uh, my partner in crime, (laughs) approached me with some psalms that he'd he'd actually translated from Hebrew, Uh, translated them into uh, meter detect. So, you know, like hymns with a poetic meter. And uh, he said, Hey, you should write music for these. So, you know, okay. It's like, I'm a songwriter. That's what I do. I love that. I'm, you know, happy to do that. So we, we put together a demo CD, um, that winter. Uh, and then he's like, Hey, you should, uh, you you should think about getting this professionally produced. And, said, okay, I have, I have no idea how to even begin doing that. <laughs> Wait, okay, so, so let me interrupt here. So this was your brother who said, hey, you should, yes. you know, that's really cool. That's a good brother. He's like mm-hmm. actually, like actually being a, a, a champion for you. I, uh, mm-hmm. um, I have a sister and now I feel horrible because I don't know if I've ever championed anything that my sister has done. <laughs> I was just really, I was just really mean to her like growing up and, and, now I feel convicted again. But hey, maybe this interview will serve as a catalyst <laughs> oh. for you to go and start doing that. Ooh, the catalyst. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Christina and say, Christina, I'm so sorry for all the things I did to you growing up. I, I want to I be a support and a help. What can I do to help and support you? That's what I'll say. Thanks for the encouragement, Emily. I like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. 
Yeah. So anyway, we, we had this demo CD. I'm, I'm completely clueless as far as the whole music production side of things. I, I did major in music, but uh, my, my primary instrument was the piano. Uh, I'm very classically oriented, solo, almost exclusively. Um, so I just, I have no idea where to begin. I ended up contacting Kevin Twitt with Indelible Grace. Which we, um, we interviewed talked him. to him a, yeah. a little while ago. Yeah, yeah we, uh, what was it? Yeah. A couple months ago, we interviewed yep. him. Yeah. Good guy, good guy. He, he was, was good. he's so great. Yeah, I was just incredibly thrilled. Like he was so friendly and just helpful. And he's like, hey, you should talk to my buddy Jeremy Casella. You know, he's a musician. He's done some work with the Indelible Grace Project as well as you know his own music. And um, so I did. And about three weeks later, I was in Nashville and Jeremy was producing my CD. Wow. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so like it literally just happened, right? Like your brother says, yep. hey, you should do this. And you're like, I guess. And he, some connections. And next thing you know, you're in Nashville recording an album. Yes. Wow. It was. And you may or may, may or may not be supporting the mob. <laughs> like, wow. so, Doesn't Casella um, kind of sound like a mob name? It's that, like that is less so stereotypical. Why would you even <laughs> say know. that? That's like cliche, man. That's just totally cliche. Uh, anyway, ignore this guy. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> so well, but that's I mean, so that's just kind of how Salter Project got kickstarted, and then it's that. So it's been about two years now, and um, just have spent a lot of time learning about like you know what this whole world can look like and developing vision for where I want to see this go as a project. So yeah, Jeremy Casella is amazing. He did such a great job with our first CD and just so supportive of like the whole idea and vision behind, you know, just singing the Psalms. So now real quick, let's talk about that first CD. We'll, we'll get into some other stuff, but I'm curious, um, the, that first CD, you, you know, you mentioned how this was kind of just a brand new experience for you and you're figuring it out kind of on the spot. Um, when, when you recorded that first CD, did you already have a bunch of songs written and kind of polished or, uh, did you have to kind of, you know, get them polished a little, and that was part of the help of it being produced and recorded there in Nashville? So actually, um, to answer your question a little bit better, um, my brother and I are primarily like just the songwriters. We, neither of us actually performed on the CD at all. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, all of the arranging and kind of like the performance touches, like different kind of vocal things that went on and um, instrumentation, all of that happened in Nashville with Jeremy. Um, but the, the biggest part um, that we were really particular about was uh, the lyrics. Um, so that was the, the foundation, what started everything. Um, and so our goal was to present these songs as faithful translations of the Bible, not just kind of some songs that we had written that were based on the Psalms, but like, no, these are actually the Psalms. <laughs> so, so, and so that kind of, big structural piece and, 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 and kind of like all the basic chords and melody, all of that was put together on a demo CD previously to going to Nashville, but then really bringing it to life that, that all Jeremy Casella played such a huge part in all of that. So, yeah. So basically you had these songs that you had written, you know, and the lyrics were very intentional. And then you kind of just presented that and said, Hey, make these sound really good for a record. And they did that. 
Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And where where could people, just because we're talking about it, and I'm curious now, I want to look it up. Where can people find this album? What's the title? Tell us a little bit of that stuff. Yeah, so salterproject.com. And that's Salter is spelled P-S-A-L-T-E-R. So it takes its name from the Psalms, right. Salter. Yep, got a uh, silent so, P, silent P, don't, yeah. Right. Got it. Yeah, so salterproject.com. And you can you can listen to the music there. You can buy it there. You can look at the lyrics. Uh, we've got kind of a snippet about like our vision for the project. So yeah, that's where you can go to find all of that. Do you remember Salty? Salty the singing songbook. Yeah. Totally. Oh my goodness. That yeah, was, there's another 80s reference. Yeah, that's, I'm just stuck back there right now. But. Yeah. And and he had yeah. like he had like uh the wife or something harmony and then they had kids like melody and rhythm. Or no, harmony, melody and rhythm were the kids and the wife's name was I don't know. I don't know either. But I mean, can books even get married and have kids? I, like, I don't know. Apparently, in the, in the <laughs> animated world, that's possible. Weird. Anyway, sorry. But it's also possible for cars to talk and things like that. So cars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, quickly, uh, we need to get back onto topic here. I think, but uh, uh, that's your fault. It is always my fault, usually. But that's just uh, just uh, what ha- what happens inside my head, I guess. But. Um, so let's let's turn real quick and talk about the Psalms. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit here on the podcast in the past, but um, what, from your perspective, why not only are the Psalms important, but why is why is it important that we continue to sing these Psalms and and revise and bring new life to the Psalms in a modern context? Yeah. I, that is something that I'm so passionate about. And I think a lot of the reasons behind that are pretty intuitive, actually. And that's why I'm not the only person doing this. You know, there's, there's a lot of other people who are working with the Psalms and that that's amazing. Um, you know, and, and you look at things like Psalm 23, it's, it's had so many settings over the years, but because, because music just brings out the emotion of the Psalms. Um, and, and it's also when, when you sing, when you use music, it allows you to meditate and memorize the scripture um, in, in a really unique way. So, but singing the Psalms, it also stretches us uh, when it brings up hard topics like uh, depression or anger, um, feelings of hopelessness, um, and, and using music to kind of vent, if you will, <laughs> uh, can be so powerful, um, and, and constructive. Uh, so, but, but a couple of the, the reasons that, that I think, um, we don't always think about, um, is, has to do with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. So there, there are a couple places in scripture, uh, where in, in Hebrews three and four, it has this really interesting passage where, um, it actually just says, um, I, I love the way Hebrews introduces the scripture passages it quotes. It doesn't say, you know, as the scripture says or whatever. It says, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear her voice, and it goes on to, to quote, you know, a, a lot of Psalm 95. But um, one of the things that that brings into focus is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today through the Psalms. Um, and that's just such an incredibly powerful theological truth. The Holy Spirit has a word for us today in the Psalms. Um, 
So, and, and then likewise, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to uh, kind of tag on to that because um, we, I mean, we hopefully we, we know this and understand this because we went to Bible school and we should have hopefully learned that there. But um, I don't know how, how much we apply it in a modern context, but uh, the, the nature and character of God is always the nature and character of God. So who God mm-hmm. was, you know, when he was inspiring uh, Paul to write Ephesians is also who God was when he was inspiring David to write a psalm, right? And it's, mm-hmm. and it's the same God. It's the same God that lives today. And the spirit of God is the same spirit that, you know, uh, encourages and challenges and convicts us and reminds us of these truths and enlightens us. Just like the spirit of God was enlightening, you know, these these authors, whether David or Paul or whoever. And we have a tendency, right. I think, to minimize the Psalms and the Old Testament simply because it's the Old Testament and it's before right. Christ, right? But that doesn't mean that uh, all of a sudden Jesus came and, like he he says, he's the, he didn't do away with the law; he fulfilled the law. But we still have mm-hmm. aspects of the law that are important to us. There's a whole bunch of it that's irrelevant, but but there's still a lot of the law that that's important to us. And there's a lot of life and lessons and principles and truth and the old Testament that we should still be embracing and not just walk away from because we are post Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the Psalms are so unique because they're so emotional. Uh, and the Psalms have such a heart about them. And that is one of the things, I mean, going again from the Old Testament to the New Testament, even though they are written in the Old Testament, the Psalms really show us the heart of Jesus. Um, and there's, I wanted to mention, there's this book um, that really ha- kind of had had a huge impact on just me and, uh, and on the way I view the Psalms. It's called Singing the Songs of Jesus uh, by Michael Lefebvre. Um, I recommend that book to everyone <laughs> because it really, he goes back and he does just a great job explaining how this, the entire Psalter was really written for Jesus, um, not not just for for us as humans, kind of expressing ourselves, but um, the, there's an, there's this great quote from another book, the Messiah and the Psalms, about Psalm 88. Uh, that Psalm is it's it's kind of famous because it's so hopeless. Uh, most of the Psalms kind of move towards praise at the end, um, but this one really just stays in and the, the dark night of the soul. Um, and, and this Richard Belcher, he wrote the Messiah in the Psalm says, although it's legitimate for the believer to pray Psalm 88, ultimately Psalm 88 is not our prayer, but the prayer of Jesus. Um, and then he goes through, you know, all the different ways, you know, when Jesus prayed, you know, in agony, you know, and was sweating blood in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, when, when he cried out on the cross, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so, and so when we sing the Psalms, we really just get to know and, and experience the heart of Jesus in, in an entirely new way. It's, 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 it's amazing to, to understand the love of our savior and redeemer in that way. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of power in that. Some of the emotion you're talking about, and then there's a lot of beauty in the truth. So it's like, you got this truth, you got this beauty, um, Really wonderful. Now, uh, Emily, so you've recorded this one album, and uh, uh, you have an upcoming album that's going to be released. We'll talk to that in a second. But I'm curious, 
What's the long-term goal for the Salter project? You know, obviously, you know, CDs are one thing, but what do you see happening in the future? Yeah, so I would love to see more and more community involvement. Uh, right now, we kind of have Salter project people producing CDs that other people can buy. Um, what I really want to see is a much more kind of integrated, like coming alongside other people, musicians and non-musicians, and just encouraging involvement with singing this song. And that can look, you know, like a lot of different ways, um, but le less of an us versus them and more of a, you know, inviting people to, you know, be able to, you know, for example, on the website to rate and review songs and say, hey, you know, like this song was really great for this reason, you know. Um, and then in particular for the website, too, to um, expand into publishing other artists' music. Um, like I know also uh, you guys have interviewed Jeremy Mayfield. He yeah. has done such a great job. Like I love his website, Sing a Song. Um, that's so cool. And, and there are so many other artists like him too. They're just doing great work. I'd love to try to kind of pull that together and create a, a hub that can become this, uh, an accessible and practical resource for, especially for worship leaders, um, who would, who would like to be able to kind of, it's kind of overwhelming when you think about all the music that is out there. <laughs> so kind of, kind of try to make this website a, a pre-sorted a little bit, you know, to, to be, to provide a, a place where worship leaders can come and, and look for good options. Um, so that, that type of involvement and just kind of a one-stop shop resource for seeing the songs and, and to be able to just give people the opportunity to share with each other, you know, what, what they liked, what didn't work, you know, Hey, this song was great. And this song was kind of a train wreck. You know, you might want to give your congregation some preparation before you try that one. <laughs> so. That's great. The, uh, the one-stop shop for all things, Psalms singing related. Psalms are us. Psalms are yes. us. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, real quick, before we run out of time, in the last few minutes we've got here, would you talk to us about uh, your upcoming CD, The Good Life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this one does. It's it's pushing a little bit more towards that vision of involving more people. Um, there are a lot more songwriters involved, and I actually pushed out the songs to six different producers. Uh, so... We're going to get a lot more genre variety. Eventually, I'd like to see the CDs produced be more like, you know, do you know like the WOW CDs, how they would do the a best of, right, you know, right. each year? Um, I kind of want to do that where it's like, hey, these are, the, you know, the best of, you know, songs that, you know, various artists have produced this year and things like that. So, but I'm, I'm super excited about this CD. I think we've done a lot of it. There, there's, you know, kind of like I was saying at the beginning, the last one was really a lot of kind of spur of the moment, throwing it together. This one's had a lot more intentionality, both with the lyrics and with the music. So I'm really excited. It should be ready to release by the end of May. We're still finishing up the recording right now. So that's not, I don't have a specific date yet, but. Do you want, watch the show Timeless? No, I do not. I feel like we've kind of entered into this like mystic portal and we're talking to Emily 
uh, back in like, you know, the 1800s or, you know, 1500s when, because wow. there's like horses walking around in the background. <laughs> like, we, we heard the horses walking in the background. I don't know what that was. Yeah, no. It sounded like horses, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's what it sounded like on our end. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. You don't have to divulge the information. It's more fun if people think that there's horses walking around your living room or something. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the background noise actually provides that element of intrigue. Yeah. And, and <laughs> anyway, no, you know, and, yeah. but, but seriously, no, um, Emily, like, I think, you know, what you're saying resonates with a lot of people, whether it's, it's, you know, Jeremy Mayfield or others who are, are in this process of discovering, uh, the Psalms in a new way. And I, I love that concept that you're talking about taking, you know, trying to take kind of this, this actual, you know, the text, right. And, and putting it to a meter mm -hmm. And making it into English, right? Because you know it's not written in English, and so right. the you know the way that they say it, it probably was really great, you know, for you know for Hebrew for a Jewish person. But uh, like that concept of of making that same beautiful um, poetry type type of thing for English, I think is a really special thing. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, and and inviting others along and to join the community and being part of not not just receiving but contributing um it's not only it's not only fitting with our modern context and you know the whole millennial desire so to speak of wanting to do life in community and which isn't anything new but um it's also really uh true in keeping with the psalms and the nature of the psalms because mm -hmm. you know David wrote a lot of them but he didn't write all of them you know there's a lot of authors yeah. to the psalms and uh so uh, this was their the their song book, their psalm book, so to speak, that had been collected mm -hmm. from different authors from all the way from Moses all the way uh, past David to Solomon and uh, others that contributed different uh, different psalms. And so, um, you know, what I think that speaks to is that at the end of the day, the content and the truth that we want to give our people is more important than my personal credit and fame of being the one who does it all. Right. It's yeah. like, like we want, we want to instill the truth of the Psalms and help people live a deeper, more mature walk with Christ through all aspects of life, the good times and the bad times, the ups and the downs. And, and so that's going to be what drives us. And that's what it sounds like you're saying. That's what's driving you in the, in the process of doing these mm -hmm. projects and, uh, I just want to applaud you for that. That is that is a good a good motive to hear from uh, someone in our modern context. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. It is like you said. It's a very psalmy type of thing. I mean, even a lot of the psalms content ha has a lot. It's we, you know, we we do this. You know, it it, it phrases us as a community. So. Well, before we sign off, uh, would you share with our audience uh, where they can go find you, uh, find more information about the Salter Project and where they can stay up to date with things as they come out down the pipeline? Sure, absolutely. So the, the website that I mentioned before, the SalterProject.com with the silent P, <laughs> that's yep. definitely kind of the main hub. We're also on Facebook uh, and Twitter. So if you just, you know, search for that, you should be able to find us. So, um, but the, if you want to subscribe to our email list, just go to the website and, you know, scroll down on the homepage. That's where you can sign up for that. Very good. Well, Emily, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your passion and uh, just what you're doing with the Psalms. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to talk with you guys. It's been a privilege. 
Now we're going. Here we I, go. I hit record and it wasn't going, but now we're going. Well, there you have it. There it is. Emily Moore, Salter Project. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I um uh you know and I appreciate you you kind of you kind of referenced David you know the the millennials and you know hey there there's a value for you know community and stuff. Um, I really appreciate just uh I feel like there's a shift and I don't know if it's a millennial thing or just a a, a cultural thing in the church, but I feel like there's been a shift and we certainly have seen it with the people we've interviewed just kind of a, a, a longing or a desire for the kind of a deeper, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, like a deeper sense of the word, a deeper sense of community, a deeper sense of the Psalms, a deeper sense of art. And, and that certainly has been reflected in the interviews that we've Mm -hmm. done. And I thought Emily would just really, um, uh, I mean, I I love you to hear the passion and just how much she enjoyed talking about Psalms Mm -hmm. And, you know, that whole concept of, you know, uh, like like a, a way to see who Jesus is and a way to see the heart of God. And uh, anyway, just really fun, I, I think, this kind of season we're in right now in right. the church. Well, yeah, speaking of, you know, millennials, uh, one of the things I've read also is that millennials really want, have a hunger for deeper truth, you know, mm-hmm. deeper knowledge, deeper understanding. They want to, they want the church to teach them about the you know, the truth about some of the harder issues of life. And uh, that's one thing that not only Emily has said, but others that we've had on the podcast about the Psalms, that's what the Psalms deal with. Yeah, There's so much that the Psalms deal with in terms of the, the struggles of life that, that we've just kind of cut out. And so you're right. I mean, it's a great, it's great to see that, that pendulum swinging back yeah. and starting to actually, let's, let's deal with the stuff our people are dealing with. Yeah, you know, millennials sometimes get a bad rap, you know, all the stereotypes about, you know, they're lazy and they don't care and, you know, the, you know, the... the everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, everybody, yeah. yeah the participation award right. and, and and all the rest. But, you know, I, I I know some absolutely wonderful millennials that, you know, have a heart and a hunger. And, and there certainly are, you know, some of those quirks or whatever, you know, they, they certainly, you know, want to... Uh, they want to engage in a different way. And, you know, sometimes their attention to detail uh, can be a little off or sometimes just their attention in general, uh, you know. Well, there's obviously strengths and weaknesses with every generation. Absolutely. And we can uh, major on the strengths and minimize absolutely. the weaknesses. Yeah, and, and, but my point being, like, I there's just some really wonderful millennials, uh, both in my church and I'm sure, you know, people who are listening, mm-hmm. you know, can agree that there's some people, you know, and, and you're always going to have the good and the bad. And there's, there's always strength and weakness. Speaking of participation, Trophies. Here we go. We, uh, my kids did the Iwana Grand Prix. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they only give trophies to one, two, and three, right? Wow. So you wow. get first, second, third place for uh, design, for second, third place for fastest car. Well, so all of my kids, you know, did a car. They worked hard on it, you know, and we worked hard to try to get them fast. I read all, you know, watched videos and did all the stuff that's supposed to make you have a fast car, right? They were all some of the slowest cars. And I just felt no awful. Way. I, can, like, I let my kids down. They they failed. At oh, the, man. But, but Hannah, my oldest, who it was her last year to be able to enter the competition, uh, got first place oh, for design. For design. Yeah. And so it was at least at least we got one thing, right? And But then <laughs> the good. other three... The other three just devastated. Oh. I mean, cried the whole way home that oh. they didn't win anything. You know, they just felt, and I was like, 
I get why we do participation <laughs> trophies. <laughs> it's, it's hard when you're trying to explain to your right. five-year-old, right. you know, like, you know, uh, like your five-year-old and, and you're saying to yourself, like, hey, it's okay. But in their world, this is like the most devastating thing that's right. ever happened to them. Right. It's like, man, if I could give you a trophy, I would. But um, it's a good lesson to learn. I know like down the road, it's yeah. good for you to learn well, how and, to lose and, well. But. And that's where, and that's where it's a struggle, right? Like, like I get, you know, why schools do that. You know, mm-hmm. why, why is it that Valentine's Day now you have to, you know, give a Valentine to every kid. Right. So people don't feel left out. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. But then there's also the trophy thing. I mean, there's value in learning the hard lesson of, man, I I didn't win. Um, so I'm going to, you know, apply myself and I'm going to learn some things and I'm going to try again. And when I win, it'll be all them that much more rewarding. Right. Of course, if you never ever win, then it can be like right. super discouraging. But that can be that can be rewarding too, because then you say, "Oh well, this isn't for me. I, I'm is, not going to be good at this. I'm going to go find something I'm good at." Man, right? this is like a whole podcast episode yeah. right here. We should <laughs> we should totally do a podcast yeah. episode on like the psychological things of millennials and right. versus. What are we? What are we? Are we Gen Xers? Is that what we are? Technically, what are we I think we're Gen Xers. Yeah. Okay. We're we're right at the end. Was there like a Gen Y or something? Well, that was what they first called the millennials. Now they call them millennials. Now they call them millennials. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now there's the generation, generation Z. I think is what they're calling. Like our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids that are like you know ten and under or something like that. Okay, but, so yeah. our kids are Generation Z, mm-hmm. and then you got millennials. And I was confused about it for a long time because I always thought we were Generation X, but then I started reading studies about millennials, and they would say it'd go back till you know. You know, seventy eight, seventy nine, or eighty. So, are we like, technically millennials? No, no, not by not all the current uh, millennial studies will say like you know eighty two, eighty three. You know, early eighties are millennials. Okay, okay. Um, like we were born in the early eighties because we were born in the early eighties. I was born in seventy nine. You were born in seventy nine. Oh, geez. So you're more on the cusp than I so am. So I'm, I'm like you right can choose. on the edge. You I can, can decide. Oh man, do I want to be a millennial or <laughs> you can, a Gen Xer? You can, you can embrace the good parts of millennials <laughs> and the good parts of Gen Xers and just ignore all the bad stuff of both. Perfect. I'll there do it. Go. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> so, anyway, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And uh, hopefully, it's been very informative. We've covered a wide array of topics. Yeah, we if talked you about need, mice. Yeah, if you and need bees. help on how to catch mice, you know, send me a message. We talked about I've got psalms. Some tips for you. Uh, David has a new kitten. Um, and we've talked a lot about millennials. Millennials, yeah. So, so very informative wow. episode. But the Psalms was cool. Yeah. Emily was cool. I like that. That was fun. But uh, if you want to get a hold of Emily and the Salter Project, go to salterproject.com. They're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash salterproject with the silent P. There it is. And uh, I think Twitter at New Salter uh, is where you can find them there. You can find us online at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst, Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst, or you can send an email to send it to me, Kevin at Worship Ministry Catalyst.com. And we're partnered with Dave Yauk at Garden City Project, and you can go find them at GardenCityProject.org. Uh, don't go to GardenCityProject.com. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Um, of course, now everyone's going to want to, but please don't. It's just not, you just don't need to go there. <laughs> should just not said anything, <laughs> I shouldn't man. have. But um, anyway, uh, and you can go uh, over there and see a lot of what they've got going on and uh, a lot of the connections that we've made there over the last uh, couple months and partnering with them. But that's all the time we have for this episode. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 
twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.